Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. And if you are able, could you stand for the reading of the gospel? After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Tell them, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. If you follow the lectionary, you will know that there are two gospel lessons. The first one you've read, you've heard, read in your hearing. The first one you, you've, you've heard from Luke chapter 19, verses uh, 28 through 40. The second gospel lesson is a much longer uh, lesson because this is Palm Passion Sunday. Um, the second lesson found in Luke talks about the passion of Jesus Christ. I am so thankful that on this morning, we're going to hear that lesson through a gospel reading, and I'm going to invite now Mr. Rick Van Wetzel to come forward. Thank you. As we prepare this week for the coming prayer vigil for Good Friday, an interpretive reading written by Sue McGrath from the 26th chapter of Matthew, the Garden of Gethsemane. And if you will, imagine yourselves not knowing the rest of the story there with Jesus in the garden. And as Jesus watched Judas leave the upper room, a cold, hard ball of dread formed in his chest. It has begun. He thought and suppressed the shudder that threatened to unravel him. Then he turned back to the disciples, for there were many things yet to be said. As they broke bread with him and drank from the cup, he changed the significance of this simple act forever with his words of love and promise. Then they sang together one final song of praise, though only Jesus knew this to be true. His grief for the loss of these, his closest friends, men who had stayed by his side through three years of controversial ministry, threatened to overwhelm him. He desperately needed to withdraw to the garden for prayer, and so they went. Watch and pray, he said to the disciples as he walked a short distance from them. 
Even though his prayer was a private thing, he wanted them near for companionship and protection. The loneliness and vulnerability Jesus felt was overpowering. No one could possibly understand the weight of what was about to happen, the horror of the death he had to face. It was too much, just too much. The sweat of his anguish fell like rain from his brow. Father, take this burden from me. Don't make me do this. I'm scared. Please, Father, but I know it's your will. It's necessary. I know how much you love them and how much I love them. If this is your will, I surrender to it. Be with me. Returning to his friends, he saw them sprawled on the ground, limbs loose in sleep, the sleep piece of their ignorance allowing them to feel no fear. How could they have abandoned him in this time of deepest need when he yearned for their presence and their comfort? His anger rose, and he woke them. Could you not stay awake for even a few minutes, as I asked? Please keep watch with me and pray. He left them again, and again they slept as he repeated his agonizing prayer of deliverance, his loving prayer of surrender. And somewhere in the dark, lonely silence, Christ found the strength to suffer the cross, to face and defeat death. But where will we be when that happens? Asleep, as the disciples were, or will we watch and pray? Let us pray. Speak, Lord. For we need to hear from you today. Thank you for the ways in which you have been speaking to us through song, through prayer, through the children's message through silence, through the scripture reading. Continue to speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. I want to take this time to say thank you so very much to Lisbeth Benjamin and to Christian Monroe for their leading us in the music ministry today. Whenever someone hears a very familiar text, it's easy for them to be lulled into a state of daydreaming. Whenever someone hears a familiar text, it's very easy for their minds to wander. Whenever someone hears a familiar text, it's very easy just to check out. I'm going to ask you to not let your minds wander. I'm going to ask you not to check out. As we look at this particular text, I want to make you mindful of something, just some background information that as Jesus Christ is approaching Jerusalem from the west, you need to know that Herod Antipas is also approaching Jerusalem from the east. This Roman leader has his entourage. He's riding a war horse. He's demonstrating the power of Rome. And so every year leading up to Passover, he makes this grand entrance. 
to remind the people who really has the power. And may they not forget that Rome has the power. Jesus rides comes to Jerusalem from the West. And, and you heard the story, and, and, and Minister Becky articulated it so well. It, it, he's riding on a donkey. <laughs> and his entourage? People. Like you and me. Who've seen the love of God manifested through Jesus Christ in so many tangible ways, healing individuals, providing food for the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. These people, when they see Jesus riding on this donkey, they cannot help but, but go back to Psalm 118, verse 26, that, that talks about praising and, and blessing God. They cannot help but think back to Zechariah chapter 9 that talks about the king of Zion riding. These people, like you and me, have seen the power of God at work. And so their, their, their response is like our responses have been this morning. They offer praise. They worship him. Now, I'm mindful of the fact that, that we praise and worship God differently, don't we? But we're all called to praise and to worship him. So as I look at this particular gospel lesson that is recorded in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40, I want to make you mindful of something else. I want to make you mindful of the fact that this particular gospel lesson reminds us that the life of a disciple includes not only joy, the kind of joy that, that we've demonstrated on today, on Palm Sunday, but the life of a disciple also includes suffering as we listen to the gospel reading from Matthew chapter 26. It, it's a both and kind of life that we live as disciples. One of joy and one of suffering. And I would suggest to you that if you were to ask me, Pastor, talk to me about the crises that disciples face. What do those crises look like? I would suggest to you that one example of a crisis is when a disciple of Jesus Christ believes, I should not suffer. So why am I suffering? So God, have you given up? Have you turned your back on me? The life of a disciple is both and, one of both joy and also one of suffering. But as I look at this particular text, and let me just share with you, um, we have to be careful, and I appreciate Minister uh, Becky's message today, because I know there are going to be some people who won't be here for Monday, Thursday service. Oh, you'll be here, but those other people. I know there are some people 
who will not be here for the Good Friday service of Tenebrae. You'll be here, but it's those other people I'm talking about. You know, there are some people, they, 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 they have already skipped through Holy Week and they find themselves at Easter. And I want to say to you, beloved, in order for a disciple of Jesus Christ to truly celebrate Easter, we must go through our Good Fridays. In order for us to appreciate fully what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross on Friday and then was resurrected on a Sunday morning called Easter, we must go through our Good Friday. But this is what I want to leave you with on today. This is why pastor can celebrate in the midst of Good Fridays. This is why you can celebrate in the midst of Good Fridays. This is why we can celebrate the fact that we, have a, that we are called to be a both and disciple. Because what we know is that no matter what kind of suffering we have gone through, no matter what kind of suffering we are experiencing right now, be it personal, family-related, be it job-related, be it community-related, no matter what the suffering is that we're going through, this is what we know. We know that we have the victory through the suffering because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Can I get an amen? Amen. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's why we know whatever the suffering is, it is not coming to our lives to destroy us. It is not coming to our lives to defeat us. No. If God has allowed the suffering to come into our lives and because of human conditions, because of life conditions, we all will experience suffering. Don't try to play dodgeball when it comes to suffering. You're going to get hit. What we know is whenever the suffering comes into our lives. We know several things. One, we're not alone because Jesus said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Matthew chapter 28, check it out, verses 19 and 20. This is what we know, that the suffering that comes into our lives, it has not caught Jesus nor God on by surprise because Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. And finally, and this is the victory, I know that I will be victorious over that suffering because Jesus Christ rose from the dead with all power Amen. and has all power over any and everything that may come into my life. That's why the name of Jesus is so powerful. So yes, we're going to journey with Jesus during this holy week because we want to experience fully what he has experienced so that we can truly appreciate his resurrection on Sunday morning. So as you continue to live out this week, as you continue to wrestle with whatever comes into your life this week, medical tests, grief, distractions, whatever they might be, 
know that because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, you do have the victory. You do have the victory. So many things about tomorrow, I, I, I just don't seem to understand. There are just some things I don't understand. But I do know this. I know who holds tomorrow. This is what I know. He holds my hand. He holds your hand. You're not alone. And you will never be alone. I want you to turn your heads and look around at those who are sitting in pews near you, in back of you, in front of you. Turn your heads. Look at them. This is your family. This is your family. You're not alone. Jesus Christ is with you. Your family, called Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, is with you also. You're not alone. So, loving God, as we prepare to journey with our Lord Jesus Christ through this holy week, oh, yes, we, we celebrate the entrance. We, we can hear the, the crowd's voices. Yes. But we also know, loving God, that those same people who shouted Hosanna on Sunday were part of the crowd that said, crucify him on Friday. And yet, through it all, Jesus has taught us in the midst of suffering, we can look to you. So as we go through this week, help us to experience the fullness of the joy and the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we will know what it means to experience and to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen.